hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, donors. Hi, donor hi, friends. Hi, Max Fund donors. Hello. Uh, generous people who we love. I'm I'm Travis Macro. We don't normally do intros, and I assume if you're a donor and you're listening to this, you probably already know who we are. But I'm Unless Travis. Unless you don't. Okay, maybe. Maybe this yeah. is your first episode. But I, I'm Travis, and joining me is uh, Brent and Courtney. Hello. Hi. And we are also joined this week by, or this year, whatever, this special bonus episode, by Riley Smurl. Hello. Hi, Riley. Hi, everyone. Um, you might... You might know Riley from Still Buffering, also here on Max Fun, um, which if you aren't listening to, you should go check that out. But here's the thing. Not only is Riley great, Riley has a special qualification. Riley is a teen. I am a teen. And we're all old. We are so old. Listen, you all. We're going to talk to Riley, and you're going to feel old, but you will not feel as old as me. I was literally there the day Riley was born. I have (laughs) known Riley since the day she was born. I am old. You're not that old. But we wanted to talk about the teens, because Riley is a very good teen. And we cover trends on the show, so I guess we're going to try to understand teen trends that we, personally, I don't even, I don't understand. And, I mean, I'm guessing we're going to feel a little bit old, but maybe we'll all learn something. Yeah, so it's an episode, like Brent said, it's an episode about teen trends, what's trending with teens. This is going to be an informative episode all around. Okay, Riley, my first question for you. Okay. What do Tide Pods taste like? See, this is the thing. I have never personally eaten a (laughs) Tide Pod. Um, But you're a teen. (laughs) I don't think this is a universal teen experience. I thought teens were just like gobbling up Tide Pods left and right. I thought this was the latest cleanse diet. Is this not how it works? It seems dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I get, okay. Riley, you know other teens, right? I do know other teens. Do you know anybody who has eaten a Tide Pod? Personally, I do not know anyone who has eaten a Tide Pod. All of my friends are, are decently uh, bright. See, this is the thing, because I always have a theory whenever these, like, teen challenge sweep the nation, putting our teens in danger. Like, I always feel like ma- like two people did it, right? No, and this is it's- a conspiracy. It's not a real thing. I just don't believe that anyone's really actually done this, except for the ones that called poison control. I can imagine some some, like, bros doing a dare. Like, hey, put it in your mouth for as long as you can. And, like, maybe that kind of morphed into, you know, the telephone game where he said, she said, and it turned into somebody ate one. That's like my headcanon of Tide Pods. Here's my question, Riley. When when teens see these kinds of, like, discussions of, like, teens are doing these dangerous challenges, how do you all react to that? Uh, it's hard because, one, it's, I mean, it can be pretty funny to watch people, you know, eat Tide Pods or think that all teens are eating Tide Pods. Uh, but it's hard because then people are like, oh, you're a member of that generation that eats Tide Pods. No one should listen to you. You don't know what you're talking about. And and Riley, should people listen to you? I mean, I think, I think I'm a pretty okay teen to speak for teens, I think. I think you are, you are a great spokes teen. You're a quality teen. Thank you. Thank you. What, what was the last challenge like? Oh my God, I'm about to sound so old, I think. But like. <laughs> Bottle flip? Cha- what was the last challenge that actually, that actually was like everybody was doing it? 
I feel like everyone did the cinnamon challenge for a little bit where you try to eat the uh, spoonful of cinnamon without choking. But I've seen adults do that. I don't think that that's teen specific. <laughs> Anyone can be stupid. Right. I feel like there's probably at least one adult that's eaten a Tide Pod as well. They do look delicious. That was on the Joko cruise. They had uh, Tide Pod like cheesecakes. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Travis has eaten a Tide Pod bagel. I've had Tide Pod cheesecake, and we're the adults on this yeah. call. Oh, no. Riley, have you ever seen someone try to like drink a gallon of milk in, in one sitting? I think I've seen videos like that, but again, I've never uh, firsthand witnessed an experience such as that. I think a lot. I think a lot of this is getting blamed on the teens, but it's really it's just as much adults. Adults are just trying to pretend that it's not them. So they're like, oh, it's these teens doing it. It's these millennials. Riley, have you ever done a challenge? You can be honest. I'm not going to tell Mary. Have you I ever have. done a stupid challenge? I have. <gasps> What'd you do? Um, I have done a few challenges actually. I've done the cinnamon challenge. Uh, fun fact, I'm very good at it. <laughs> um, and I have done... Wait, hold on. Whoa. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What does it mean to be good at a cinnamon challenge? I've you never... just like eat it and you're like, another. Yeah, I've never choked on cinnamon in the midst of a cinnamon challenge. I've just, you know, ingested the, the cinnamon. You know, we've now, all got to have a skill. When you were applying for colleges, did you put that in there? It was my number one uh, skill, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will say Absolutely. that is impressive. Like, do you generally just, like, have a will of steel or a high pain tolerance or what? I I didn't get it at first because I was with a bunch of friends. It was, like, six, seven years ago when the, when the cinnamon challenge was big. And they were all choking on it. And they were like, here, you try. And I tried. And it just, it's just my natural ability. Whoa. It seems to me like, and we're going to talk. Oh, no, you go on. You tell me other challenges you've done. So you're um, super good at cinnamon. Yes. There is a challenge called the salt and ice challenge where you cover part of your hand, your arm with uh, salt, and you put a block of ice on top of it, and it burns because of the reaction between the salt and the ice, and you see how long you can keep it on your skin. Did you do that? I did. Oh, what happened? It was very painful, very uncomfortable. I do not recommend. You know what, though? Here's the thing. When I was in high school, I had friends who did that. Like, that's not something your generation came up with. This like, is true. Well, in terms been... of, like, painful, painful dumb shit that teens do, like, yeah, I never did that. But when we were, like, circa teens, um, there was this lip stuff called lip venom that you would put on your lip and it would burn your lips so bad. But it would, like, in theory, give you that Angelina Jolie pout. So it's like we were injuring ourselves for beauty, not even for the glory. Riley, you might know Kylie Jenner. The the uh, Kylie Jenner lip challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have not done that. It was that, that, but with a product designed to hurt us. So here's the thing. What's interesting to me is it seems like there is a constant of like throughout history, back to like forever, like people doing stupid stuff. It seems like the difference is now... People are, like, adding the word challenge at the end of it. And it's getting, like, covered in news stories. And they're filming it. That's the difference. Yeah, I think YouTube has made that difference. Where if you call something a challenge, then everyone else that watches YouTube videos can try it and then post their own video of that. Just continues the cycle. Riley, were you around for planking? Or was that not a millennial thing? Um, I feel like I was 
old enough to be aware of planking, but I was not old enough to partake or actually understand what was happening. Wow, that's that's surprisingly the thing that's made me felt oldest thus far. Okay, great, great. Cool, cool. So, Riley, to any adults or parents listening right now, do they need to be worried that teens are dumber now than they were when they were kids? Or is it just YouTube has made it seem that way? Yeah, I don't think we're dumber. I think teens probably in general have maintained the same level of dumbness throughout time. But I think it's just the internet that has made it seem like all of the teens are really dumb when it's just a few teens that are doing not smart things and putting it on the internet for a bunch of adults to watch. That's a good point. Like, who would watch a video of a teen being really responsible and doing their homework? Those videos just don't get as many clicks. You know what? As someone who watches ASMR, I would watch that. That (laughs) That's very ASMR to me. I will say, too, like where this conversation is going, like at some point in this show, we are going to talk about the fact that there's a lot of teens who are kind of smarter than previous teens. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. But first, superior teens. We touched on YouTube um, and Courtney, you specifically wanted to talk to Riley about some YouTube stuff, uh, specifically people on YouTube. Let's talk Logan Paul. Riley, tell us of Logan Paul. What is he to the teens? Okay, I feel like there is this weird mini generation in between my generation and like elementary school aged kids currently. And I don't want to be associated with this group of people because they are the group of people that uh, are fans of the, the Paul brothers, the Logan and the Jake Paul. And to me... All Logan and Jake Paul are are um, giving a bad name to us teens. The teens would like to be excluded from this narrative. Yes, I, w- I personally am speaking for all teens right now saying we would like to be excluded from this idea that we love the Paul brothers because we in fact do not. See, this is this is great because I feel like another big narrative along with like teens are always doing stupid harmful challenges is like teens love these youtube jerks and teens just love prank videos and teens are so disrespectful yeah that's definitely not true now riley you i know that you uh are a fan of youtube you you are a big youtube head i don't know if there's a fan term for it but if you what are you hoping because i know that you like doing video work and that kind of stuff what kind of videos and youtube stuff do you usually enjoy um, I actually watch a lot of Vox videos that are those short, like, really informational, like, fun fact videos or politics videos, whatever, um, because they're interesting and they're short and easy to watch. Or, you know, there are some YouTubers I enjoy that just, like, talk about stuff and are funny, but not offensive and awful people like the uh, the Pauls and many others. If you were going to, like, recommend some of those channels, some of the, like, these people are funny and not terrible... Like if there was a if teens are looking for new videos and new series to watch, is there anything you'd recommend? Um, I really like Grace Helbig. She's very funny and she's very uh, a good person. And I also really like this morning show called Good Mythical Morning, which is two guys who host a morning show where they do silly stuff. Yeah, I love Good Mythical Morning. I recommend for the teens and non-teens. 
So one thing about YouTube that I notice is like I, I have had some some uh, success on YouTube, but from most of my experience, the people doing really, really well have been a little bit younger than me or a lot younger than me. And it occurs to me that from your perspective, there might be multiple genres of YouTube based on generations. Like, do you ever like, you know, tune in, right? Do you ever like go to a YouTube video and just feel like, oh, this is clearly for 30-year-olds and not me and get turned off from it that way. I will say there are some YouTubers, I guess, that got their fame when YouTube first became big. So before I was even watching YouTube very much that are older than all of the current popular YouTubers. And sometimes I find myself falling in this weird middle ground between like, I don't necessarily relate to the older YouTubers, but I also don't relate to the brand new YouTubers who are even younger than me, who have millions of subscribers. So it's hard because I don't really fall into any category of the people who are the most popular. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Gotcha. Um, somewhat unrelated question, but while we're talking about technology, this just popped into my head. Have you ever used a phone book? No, I have not. Oh, my God. That's it, guys. Courtney, Travis, that's it. That's the end? That's Yep, we're old. Just, I think... I think it's time for us to just push me off on a raft now. I have another I have another one, a similar question to Brent's. Have you ever had to worry about getting kicked off the internet because someone needed to use the phone? No. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> We're a dying breed. Oh boysy. Jenna Marbles. Is she still a thing? I like Jenna. I do like Jenna very much. I enjoy her videos. She is another one like like Grace Helbig, who I will watch, who kind of just has funny, mindless videos that I can tune into and, and laugh. Now, this is okay, so this is kind of a general question, not about anything in, in particular, but I've had this theory as I've gotten older that if I know about a challenge or a t like a meme or like a joke or any slang, if I know about it, it's probably already not cool. Is that true? Would you say that that is accurate? Um, I need examples. I need things that you probably think are cool now that might not be. Oh, no. Uh, it's uh, a trap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like okay, for example, uh, I think in a part that, like, when we were trying to set up, I said something about, like, new phone, who dis? And, like, that's the thing. I see people my age making that reference joke now on Twitter. Is that in any way funny uh, to younger people? Uh, I mean, not anymore. You can be honest. Say no. Okay. Uh, uh, this is a this is a goddamn subtweet because I feel like you're specifically talking about me because I made that joke yesterday. <laughs> no, I make that joke all the time. <laughs> so here's a question: Do you feel Riley like there's um? any particular word or phrase or slang term that really kind of belongs to your generation that like wouldn't sound right coming from any of us? Oh man. Um, I will say people say uh, lit a lot. I don't know if that is a, a thing mm. that you all use as well. Um, we try to. We, oh, we I, fail, thought, but... I thought of one. I thought of one. I thought of one. If you say somebody is extra, is that still a thing? I do say that. That is something I hear and I do say. that. That is a thing. Okay, because I just became aware of that like two days ago. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> Travis, you are so on fleek. 
That was basic. <laughs> that was basic AF. Yep, I know. Oh, Can't yeah, saying it. something is something AF. Is that still a thing kids do? Yes, that is a thing kids do. For sure. Oh, okay, excellent. I will say, I just watched, um, and I know you watched it, Riley, because you talked about it on the show, I think, but Everything Sucks. There's yeah. a lot of stuff they say in there that, like, I know we did not say. I never said all that in a bag of chips in my entire life. But, like, so oh, there might I be did. stuff that we think of the children saying that they're not saying. Did you say cool beans? Oh, yeah. I still say cool beans. Same. That's because that's because of Hot Rod. I say that all the time. Who doesn't say cool beans? Riley, yeah. I have a question for you, and I, I get to ask this question specifically because I do know your parents and your family so well. Is there a cool slang term that you use... Or I guess I should say, if there, if you heard your parents say a slang term that you actively use, does that make you less likely to use it again later? Um, I I don't think so. Only because I would say, especially if my parents were using some sort of slang phrase, I don't think they'd understand what it meant. So I don't think they'd be using it okay. in a correct enough context for me to be like, yeah, I can't use that anymore. What if you heard Justin say it? I don't think that's quite as bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a trick question. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Talked about slang. What? Are, okay. This is a weird kind of pop quiz about slang terms, but what are some slang terms that the kids use that we might not know? Oh, man. Um, I have to be honest. I'm not what you would call a cool kid or a cool teen. That is not true. You are very cool. Well, to the other teens, they may not agree. So I'm not sure I I am fully educated on the best slang terms. Oh, I will say, I have seen recently on the social medias, which I don't even fully understand, someone will finish something, like if they're ranting about something or they're frustrated about something, they will say the word no and then put the baseball cap emoji and I don't know what that means. So that's even something okay. that I don't know. <laughs> I don't All know right. what that could mean. If you know. Hey, people at home, if you know, let us know. I want to be on the cutting edge for once. Because I'm sorry, Riley. Right now you're talking to three very cool teens. Oh, I mean, when we were teens, we were very cool. All teens. Oh, we were sure. like cool. I was like the captain of the football the team twice. I had a cult. Um, it was pretty cool. What? Really? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm just trying to top you guys because we're all exaggerating about how cool we were. Riley, is Twitter still a thing for young people or are young people over Twitter? Uh, I mean, I still use Twitter, but I think the cool kids, the young kids have moved to the uh, Finsta side of Instagram, which is the uh, other Instagram account you create that you only let certain people follow and you keep private and you make it so no one knows who you are and then you post whatever you want. Basically just like tweets except I, with what pictures. What did you call it? A Finsta? Like Insta with an F at the beginning? Okay. I've heard of that. Now that leads me to a new question. Um, I've noticed that millennials and I mean the few people that I know that are, you know, uh, I guess teens, they, they tend to have like a private Twitter, like you said, a private Instagram and then like a more public one. But the thing is, and like I've, I've got friends like, you know, mid early 20s or whatever who will say really, really personal, sensitive things on a private Twitter. And all I can think is these are all just one screenshot away from everybody knowing like, isn't this 
it just feels like that's a sensibility. I think that a little bit more of my generation that are are people not worried about that? Is that not a thing that happens, or is it the kind of thing where sometimes you kind of want to get caught? Sometimes you're kind of putting it out there in a way that is a little bit less direct. I think that's probably true. I think it's probably uh, people more in a sense they aren't saying things that if someone put out there they wouldn't be too upset about, but they're more personal than you would put on an account that literally anyone who knew your name could find. So it's kind of like if you were, you know, I mean, it reminds me of how on Facebook I will do public posts and then sometimes I do a filtered post to like just my favorite people on Facebook because maybe it's a particular opinion I don't want to argue about. I just want to vent about it that day, that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you, I, okay, so uh, Twitter is still kind of a thing. Instagram with a second secret Instagram. What about Facebook? I don't use Facebook anymore. I have used it very uh, limitedly in the past and recently, mostly to look at pictures of babies and post pictures of babies um, of my family members. Uh, that is it. Not just like <laughs> random babies. Right. Not just random that. babies, but the babies that I can only see okay. on certain Facebooks. Do you, st- do you still use live journal? What? What? What, what? about, what about MySpace or friends? Zanga? Uh, Napster? the only, the only one of those I am aware of is MySpace because I was starting using the internet while MySpace was fading out of popularity. So here's the thing about Live Journal, and I really want to get your so Live Journal was like a secret diary you had that everyone could read. I don't and know how you it was feel kind it. of like it was it was kind of Tumblr with yeah, more words. It was kind of like Tumblr, but a lot more narcissistic and a lot more like I like oh I'm feeling so angsty today because that girl broke up with me and everyone in the world is gonna want to know about it. Yeah, I used that's to write it. my poetry there. All my beautiful <laughs> poetry. I don't know how that would go with the, the teens of today, only because it seems like what people either use their their second Instagrams for or maybe Tumblr. I don't know a lot of teens personally that use Tumblr, but I do know there's a large population of teens that do. Have you ever known like real world friendships that were like torn apart by subtweeting and like hashtags and stuff like is that a thing that actually dictates social interactions in the real world for teens yeah i think it's more of a social interactions in the real world dictate subtweets and and posts and stuff like that because i've been in or seen group chat arguments before with friends in a group message and then watch them subtweet and then watch people retweet it and then people want to know what's going on so it's like nothing ever stays between people as soon as it happens it goes out into the interweb somewhere is it is there like a whole like hierarchy rule set in social media because it's a thing that i always feel is a layer i'm missing of like you did that but then you didn't like the hashtag you used only redirects to this or you didn't tag this person in this or you tweeted minutes after I did and then people are distracted from my thing. Is that is that like is there a structure to that amongst teens or am I just worried that I'm missing out on something? Are we getting a peek into the inner world of Travis right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I might I both have a fear of missing out and a fear of maybe I'm upsetting someone. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's so much a problem between the teens, mostly because I think most teens aren't worried about what other people are posting and are only worried about 
themselves and what they are posting and people seeing it. Kind of like a dance floor. Like you're more worried about you than anybody else there. Yeah. Well, how about this? Um, So is there anything that you just feel pretty strongly that like most people, let's say over 30, just don't really grasp about your generation? I feel like it's not maybe one thing that uh, adults tend to not understand. I feel like it's more of a generalization that most adults tend to make that all people my age, because we're right. I mean, I personally am right on the edge of being a millennial, so I'm too young to be a millennial. Um, So I'm not a part of that generation, but I'm a part of this generation that is becoming to be known as the ones who eat Tide Pods and who like the Paul brothers on YouTube, for example. So I don't think it's necessarily that they don't get a thing. It's like they don't get that a few teens do not speak for an entire generation, just like, you know, millennial trends don't speak for entire generations. Sure, sure. Well, then let me let me turn that on its head and ask um, is I mean, so like I think, Travis, Courtney, we probably have things that our parents generation do that are silly. Like my parents generation, they don't understand that you don't need directions and they'll give you directions for half an hour and you can say, Mom, I've got GPS like 20 times, but they really want to tell you the shortcut. Is there anything like that? Like just a lot of adults in your life do stuff that feels obsolete or outdated or just kind of silly and from a different time? Uh, Honestly, the directions thing is one that I could totally agree with. I mean, I've gone on road trips recently with friends and other people my age and had had my parents, you know, say, here's my GPS. You can punch in the directions and let me tell you how to get there, even though I'm handing you my GPS and me say like, hey, I have Google Maps on my phone. It's totally fine. (laughs) Um, Also asking me why I don't use Facebook and asking me if I saw something on Facebook and not quite understanding that Facebook is not the uh, social media of choice for most teens. Riley, I have another question for you. Okay. So over the last couple of years, we have on this show touched on a couple like fashion trendy things, stuff like pants that come with fake mud already applied to them or jeans where the knees are like see through plastic or stuff like that. A dress that's made out of a dry cleaning bag. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Do teens think that's cool or are teens also like that's dumb? I think those are the few things, because I know the exact things you're talking about. Uh, I think those are some things that teens are like, mm, that's not that's not the best fashionable piece of clothing. But teen clothing has just, I feel like, gone back to the 90s. And I wasn't even alive for the 90s. But, I mean, even just watching something like Everything Sucks or talking to my sisters on our show, uh, I feel like teen clothing is just the 90s now. Like how? I mean, we've got... The chokers, everyone wears scrunchies now. Um, I will see girls at school who wear like the high-waisted, light wash, denim jeans that are kind of like mom jeans, um, rolled up with like all white tennis shoes, stuff like that, like that you see in like stereotypical 90s shows, like the neon windbreakers that you see people wear for like 90s Halloween costumes or something that people genuinely wear. Oh my God, there's 90s Halloween costumes? (laughs) There are, for sure. Oh, no, 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 no. That's that's heavy, Doc. That's a really hard one for me. I have a fashion question. So right now, or like, you know, a few months ago, I might be totally off base now, um, but like crop tops were really in with all the teens. Do you, is it because it's so trendy or are teens actually like 
more body positive and comfortable now because I never would have worn a crop top because I just didn't like the way that I looked and I was really insecure. Whereas now it seems like a lot of people are sporting that look that, you know, it's not just like the more typically conventionally thinking they should be wearing crop tops. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think it goes hand in hand with that trend of fashion that has become very popular with high-waisted jeans. So you wear crop tops and either like you tuck them in or they come off right at the top of your jeans. So you're not showing too much skin. But I also think that there are a lot more teenagers now that are a lot more like body positive, I guess, and don't care as much about what other people are thinking about how they look in their clothes. They want to wear what they enjoy wearing. They want to wear what they think looks good on them. So they don't really look at like how this will look to someone else they just are like hey this is comfortable or I look cute in this so I'm gonna wear it I'm so happy for the teens that's so good for them <laughs> so is there like is there I mean I'm, I'm terrible at fashion so this all fascinates me like a language I can't speak but um so could you think of like an item of clothing an accessory or something that like this is kind of like the slang term question I asked that like would make sense on someone roughly your age, but maybe around 30 or 40 would just not make sense to you. And you'd be like, whoa, they're really trying too hard. So something that an adult would wear that I would be like, whoa, don't wear that. But teens, it's totally cool. Yes. yes. And I and I mean, obviously, partially this is just because I want all age groups to think I'm cool and I've never achieved that. So help you, me out. Brent How doesn't do want to roll up and have the hello, fellow teens moment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hello, fellow teens. What are we getting into today? Brent's got those plastic knee pants that he's really ready to bust out, but he wants to make sure that it's OK first. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think I'd be... I don't know, maybe I am alone in this, in the teen mindset. I don't think I'd be weirded out if I saw adults wearing anything. And she's like, yeah, go you, wear what you want. Um, if I had to guess, delving into the mind of of the teen voice, perhaps um, maybe like certain crop tops, or like graphic tees. I know that like concert shirts have a bunch of holes in them that are oversized that girls wear as dresses, stuff like that is very popular now stuff that i don't even wear that often but i feel like teens would see that adults and be like hmm i don't know about that so you're saying i should take back all the crop tops i bought like yes <laughs> how do you Maybe. look at them <laughs> you know not bad whole 30s paying dividends i mean then i you know. say rocket so yeah. <laughs> speaking of fashion trends along those same lines are there still like when i was growing up there was a really clear like those people are goths. Those people are punks. These people are emo. Like, it was almost straight up every stereotypical, like, teen comedy you think of where it's like, and they're the jocks, and they're the nerds. In my high school, it really was that, like, almost that clear. Is that still a thing, or is it now just like, everybody's everybody and don't worry about it? I feel like pretty much everybody is everybody. Like, most people are wearing pretty similar things generally and if someone's not no one's really paying too much attention to them or thinking about it to think anything of it or try to like define them or categorize them so I don't know I feel like in general everyone is dressing a lot more similarly and I say everyone I guess I just mean the majority of people are dressing almost the same as each other and the people who aren't no one really you know everyone when you're a teen is pretty much worried about themselves so I don't think everyone's too worried about uh everyone else is right. goth still a thing? This is what I want to know. Is goth still a thing? We have discussed this before, and I feel like I've come to a decision that the kind of goth that 
was most prevalent in the 90s or earlier or before me basically was the kind of goth that like you go to Hot Topic and they have the black and the the band t-shirts and stuff like that um I feel like that is not as prevalent anymore but I guess the idea of it still is like you can get those articles of clothing and you can wear and dress like that but the whole uh title is something you don't hear very often is preppy abercrombie and fitch style fashion still a thing or did that get left in the early 2000s where it belongs i will say the preppy idea still very much exists but i would say with other brands other than abercrombie and fitch but that same idea still holds up so i what i'm curious about is like uh i think sometimes about the fact that my teachers in high school could not really have prepared me for the kind of gig economy and the, you know, e- economic collapse that they didn't know was coming after I got out of academia. But they, you know, they told us certain things about the real world. And I'm curious, like, what are the what are the through lines? What are the common threads of what your teachers and adults in your life tell you about stuff like, you know, the workforce you're about to enter into the real world, stuff like that? I honestly don't get taught a lot or talked to a lot about anything I'm going to be going through in the real world. It's kind of just like, we're preparing you for college because we're assuming that's where you're all going. So once you get there, you can figure it out for yourself and everyone there can maybe help you figure it out. But we're just going to help you get to college because that's what we're supposed to do. Sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, let me tell you, and any other teens listening and any other humans listening, figuring out how to do freelancer taxes could save you like hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your life. I know I'm, you know, kind of, that's a bit of a tangent, but like, that's the thing I wish I'd taken a semester of senior year. Yeah. Freelancer taxes. Just things in general like that, like knowing how to write checks and keep track of a bank account and do taxes, which is something that I have had to do for the first time in my life last year. Things I had literally no idea how to do. Uh, because I've never been taught anything like that in school. And there are no classes offered for that, pretty much. So it's hard because those are things that you really need to know how to do when you're an adult and you're out of high school, but no one's really teaching you how to do. Um, I So here's my question to kind of follow that up. In this day and age, so we talked about kind of the negative side of YouTube, but another thing that has come out of YouTube and podcasting and that kind of thing is young people like you and others starting their careers uh in in performing and in like internet creation long before they ever leave school how has that changed like your outlook towards quote unquote the real world when you're already working and performing now for me it's i mean it's great because i was able to figure out what i wanted to do after high school and after college through doing this and i'm able to get a start in it and kind of have a quote unquote job while i'm in high school that doesn't take up as much time as like a job working at the mall or at a fast food restaurant would so i get that experience uh and i mean it's really great to see other teens my age doing things and making a living and creating what they want to do because i think that creative jobs for a long time and probably still today are seen by as by most adults as jobs that aren't realistic or attainable or sustainable for a lifestyle. Um, but I mean, teens and people younger than me and people only slightly older than me are showing adults that like it's definitely something you can want to do and be really good at and have a job in. 
So, Riley, I, to go a little bit more serious than Tide Pods on YouTube and such, bullying is a question I have a lot about. Because I see this discussion happening a lot, right? Where there's a lot of attention on bullying now in schools. And I remember being in middle school and high school and, and getting, you know, picked on from time to time or getting bullied. It, do you think it's worse now? How is How is bullying, how does bullying manifest now, I should ask? Uh, for me, I've only experienced that firsthand and seen that in other people in middle school when I was like 12, 13, 7th, 8th grade, when you're first teening. Um, but now in high school and now that I'm older, I don't really see it as much. And if it does happen, it's not so much people that don't know each other just like picking on each other, shoving each other for no reason. It's more people that were friends or that, you know, were that knew each other for a long time being mean to each other and posting things about each other and trying to get other people not to like them and drama like that happening more often than I think mm -hmm. stereotypical idea of bullying happening. Well, do we want to talk about how it seems like uh, the the teen generation might be the ones to actually change gun gun laws and gun culture? Yeah. Are you ready for that? Yeah, so this is... This is kind of our big question for the episode, which is, like, not just trends for teens as far as, like, weird things that teens are into, but we're in a political climate now. We're in uh, just a universal climate, I guess, where it's really starting to seem like literally the children are the future, that teens are really stepping up and showing what it means to be active, culturally active and improving uh, politics and culture and that kind of thing. How have you seen it change? Like I, when I, I remember being a teenager, and it we were not political. We were not socially active. It was at least not where I was when I was, you know, twelve to eighteen. It was not a thing where we were. I, I, I remember like registering to vote because my friend was doing it, not because I, I cared about it at all. And that's, of course, changed now. But what's it like to be growing up in in an age where everything seems to be political? Um, For me, it's really cool and it's really awesome to be a part of it because I feel like now, especially just very recently, people are starting to listen to people my age and hearing what we have to say and realizing that we might be teenagers still and that has kind of a bad connotation to it, just the word but we can know what we're talking about. But it's also really hard because then you have the people who think there's no way we could know what we're talking about, but we have a platform to put our voices out on anyways. So we have adults criticizing us and adults telling us we can't know what we're talking about and we're too young, we don't have as much life experience. But for me, all of the people I know have some sort of political opinion, maybe not as much as other people, I keep myself very educated on politics and I feel like it's just because for a long time, especially when you're growing up and you aren't really sure what politics are, you're like, oh, the adults take care of it. That's their job. You know, we don't have to worry about that yet. But then when you see stuff happening that's happening to people your age or um, affecting people your age or it will affect you in the coming years as you're leaving high school and becoming an adult, it's like, man, I want to know what's going on so that when I can vote in the next election or in the next two elections, whatever, that I can be educated and use my voice to make what I think is the best decision. 
You know, like Travis said, like our because we're the three of us are right around the same age. I think I'm like two years younger than them, more vibrant, younger. Um, <laughs> but we, um, I think it was like nine eleven happened, and there was just like this political apathy among people our age, where it's just like, well, everything's pointless, and there's nothing we can do about it. Whereas this generation, like it seems more hopeful, more focused on intersectionality. Like, has that always been? something for you and like other teens or does it is it more recent that that's kind of been a part of your your life and your view I really think it's become more recent because I honestly haven't been politically aware enough or socially aware enough to know what's happening in politics until the past maybe two or three years like since I've been in high school um but I think it's just because it takes a lot more work than checking twitter and social media and stuff like that i think it's just you have to go out of your way to make yourself educated on those issues and it's something that i think teenagers are finding a lot easier because of the internet and social media but also can sometimes be turned off by because of that same idea well so we saw during the 2016 election and and on a lot of worries about like stories that are just complete made up horse apples making their way onto Facebook and social media. And this is a thing, you know, we talk about older generations. It's a thing I see on Facebook a lot of like people who aren't as internet savvy, just believing literally everything they read. Is that different? Is it easier as a teen to be like, I've lived with the internet my whole life. I know what's what. I think we're almost expected to know exactly what can be trusted and what can't in a way because we've grown up with it. I mean, I was in an interview for a college application or a college scholarship and they handed me an infographic and told me it was from Facebook and then later told us all that they expected us to know that because it was from Facebook, it could be trusted. So not to take it seriously. So it's almost like people expect us to know exactly what to look for. Yeah, it was it was intense. That's so weird. I feel like that kind of sweeping generalization, though, like it reminds me of just sometimes like a slightly older generation. They don't quite accept like, for instance, Wikipedia. I think, you know, you can't 100 percent trust it. But also there used to be typos in the encyclopedia. Like when I was in college, certain professors would be like, and don't just look it up on Wikipedia. But like, you know, if you can corroborate one source with Wikipedia, it's pretty likely to be true. And like, I wonder if there are things like that where, you know, the generation that's a little bit older, they just kind of don't appreciate something that's really plainly obvious to your generation, particularly like vis-a-vis how the internet works. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Is there is there anything as far as the internet goes right now that you're like, I so that you, people don't need to worry about as much as they do? Like, that's the thing. I remember working at Best Buy and people wanted to sign up for credit cards and we would say, okay, well, we just need you to fill this out and we need your social security number. And there were people who were like, oh, then I don't want it. Like, okay, well, I, okay. But you put your social security number on the forum. It's not like I take it. But they were really worried about giving out their social security number. Is there a thing now where you're like, everybody's worried about this, but they don't need to be? Or I'm not as worried about it as everybody else seems to be? Hmm. I think it that question maybe goes kind of hand in hand with the idea of, fake stuff being on the internet because I think older generations in a sense have developed the idea that everything you see on the internet is fake and cannot be trusted. It's like, "Mm, no, that's not necessarily true. 
you just have to be smart about it but everyone's worried that everything they're reading is fake and can't be trusted and the internet is all lies which like you know can can be true in certain places but is not generally what's going on so uh one last kind of big thing i want to talk about before we wrap up and so recently uh there was the shooting in parkland the parkland shooting and it really made me think about a, a generational difference between when Columbine happened and when Parkland happened. And it's been a while, but when Columbine happened, I remember it being a thing that was very scary for me, a student, for a brief period of time. And then it was really easy for me and people my age to kind of compartmentalize it. And suddenly it just became a thing that adults were talking about and trying to blame on video games and comic books and movies and stuff. And now it seems like, especially following the Parkland shooting, like teens and young people have really stepped up to try to take ownership of the conversation and and take ownership of the problem. Uh, so from your point of view, what has that been like? Um, I think for me, it's been mostly about the fact that when most people who were in high school and Columbine happened, that was one of the first times they'd ever witnessed anything like that in their life. It was something that seemed like a once-in-a-lifetime thing almost. It was rare and it happened and it was uh, an externality. It was something that was not intended and would never happen again. It was just these two people who did something that people don't do. But for me, that happened before I was even born. So that kind of thing has been happening my entire life. So it's been more about we've grown up with it and nothing has happened to make it different. So it's really inspiring to me to see people my own age up there, you know, giving speeches in front of hundreds of thousands of people and talking about how it feels to experience that fear firsthand because it's something that I've grown up knowing and talking about in schools since middle school. So it's really powerful to me to be able to see people my own age doing that because I know that I feel the same way they do, but they're up there speaking for all of us and telling people how it feels to be in our position. Well, and you too, because I know you were the student organizer for the March in Huntington. Can you tell us how, how that went? Like, what was your role? Um, yeah, so it was actually, I was the one that brought it to a local organization in uh, Huntington who does things like the Women's March and the Science March, and they're the ones who organize those kinds of things. And I came to them and I was like, hey, they're doing this in D.C. on the 24th. I know there's one in Charleston, which is about an hour away from Huntington, but I would like to do one here because there are people at my high school who care about it. There are a lot of high schools surrounding us with people who care about it. And I think it's important for people because, I mean, we live in a red state. It's a it's a very polarizing issue where I live where people either are really against it or really for it. So it was something that I was nervous to do, but that I really care about. So I wanted to do it. And since then, I've had a lot of adults, uh, either on social media or seeing me at school or whatever, telling me that they don't agree with things I said because they, you know, believe in whatever rights they think they have and they don't agree with whatever people are proposing, even though the things they think they know aren't necessarily always true. But it's been hard, but it's also really cool to be able to know that I did something here in my town that was had an effect on people either way. This that's it's so uh, hypocritical to me. Hey, adults, if you're listening, it's hypocritical to me to judge teens for just being dumb people who eat Tide Pods and then also telling somebody 
who's taking a stand on something that you disagree with what they're doing and don't like what they're doing. You can't. Especially when that thing is trying not to die. Yes. Absolutely. I, I find that, like, you know, in, in my late teens, early 20s, I was trying to do stuff that I thought was really cool and, like, trying to get the respect of adults. And I feel like I learned, maybe you guys have learned similar things, maybe not, but. To me, it just seems like adults, like humans are fundamentally insecure. No human wants a significantly younger human to do anything important. (laughs) It's like, oh, what you're doing isn't important because if it is, what am I doing with my life? Like that's, I just think that everybody kind of, even just as 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 a knee jerk reaction, kind of minimizes the importance and the value of what people that are younger are doing. And that's a real mistake because, man, I just, I'm inspired by the optimism and like, You know, I think some of it comes from a little bit of naivete, but the thing is that, like, if young people don't realize, if they don't understand the perceived challenges to all this legislation that needs to be done, then they're probably going to be the ones to just finally make change because they're not afraid of this just growing slag of opposition and inertia that our generation and older ones have come to expect on things like guns and also other things. So, uh, Riley, before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to share? You have this platform. I'm sure there are some adults listening. Is there anything you would like to tell adults about teens? Um, we are not all eating Tide Pods, and YouTube can actually be, <laughs> actually be used for educational purposes and is not a place uh, to discourage your, your kids or your teens that you know from using or wanting to pursue a career on because careers like that are legitimate and, you know, they can be important too. Well, thank you very much. Nice. Um, everybody go listen to Still Buffering um, with Riley and her sisters, Sydney and Taylor. And then... Uh, if, if subscribe to that support still buffering um, thank you for donating and supporting Max Fund uh, if you have friends that you know listen to our shows but aren't Max Fund donors maybe a little uh, gentle gentle encouragement say hey I know you enjoy this show that we both enjoy maybe consider becoming a donor um, but yeah thank, thank you everybody thank you all for having me well it's been a pleasure it was a pleasure yeah. Um, and that's going to do it for us. Uh, join us again later. I don't know. Bye. Bye. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.